morning. I am awake. Doug always makes sure that I am, but I am. He always says that I'm usually just standing up uh, with my eyes open, but still sleeping. Um, if you know me, you'll know I'm not much of a morning person. Um, ask my dad, he'll tell you that. Uh, but I'm here physically, so that's a win. Let's take that as a win today. Um, so this is kind of random um, because I'm kind of random, but a couple years ago, um, I decided that I wanted to, to learn something. Um, so I thought like maybe I'll work toward a master's or something, but I was like, that's a really big commitment. So instead I went to uh, the wonderful place called Google and I just typed in personal training. Uh, and I found this random site where you could get a personal training degree. Uh, so for a year, I went on this journey uh, where I, my books got sent to, I put in money and then books got sent to me, right? A transaction, wonderful. Um, and I got all my books and I studied for a year and at the end of it, I got my personal training certificate and I did nothing with it. I didn't train one person. Um, I, I, I still kind of went to the gym, you know, as much as it, it works into my schedule. Um, but um, I had this valid certificate that said if I wanted to, I, I could have trained someone, but I didn't. Um, but I did that um, because there is this desire I have um, that in all my life, um, I think health is so important. Um, and when I say I think health is important, uh, so I did that because I think physical health is important. I did that because um, also when I was in Bible college, I, I did a minor in psychology, um, which, and, and a minor in biblical studies, which is not what most of the youth pastor people do uh, when they go in for youth pastoring stuff. They take the minimal amount of courses and just have fun, um, which I found out I'm just a nerd maybe and like learning or something. Again, got it from my father. Um, but I wanted to take the psychology because I could see the mental health um, of people. Because I think for a lot of this, um, in this world, we need to see our health um, holistically, right? In this big way. So, right, how are we doing mentally? How are we doing physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually? All these things work together. And right now, um, because we're in a pandemic, we talk about health a lot. We, we pretty much talk about health every day, right? Like, it's really rare it doesn't come into conversation somehow. Um, we're looking for physical health for our immune systems. Um, there's an increased awareness in mental health. There is mental health crisis um, going on in the world, especially with um, a lot of the young people that I work with. Um, who are struggling with issues of loneliness, of depression, of anxiety. And again, that's not just young people, that is people struggling with these things. Uh, we're seeking spiritual health. How are we doing? How is our relationship with God? Are we continuing on um, in working at that? Uh, emotional health, because guess what? We feel drained. Because all we hear is bad news right now. We're emotionally drained or we're stressed out because everyone else seems stressed out and going to the grocery store isn't fun anymore. I never thought it was fun, but other people do. Um, and we look for social health. 
because um, I think when this all came out, I remember hearing um, kind of some people were trying to say, don't say the word social distance because we don't want to be socially distancing. We don't want to be um, in the way getting so far away from people that we are alone. We want to be physically distancing, but not socially distancing. So thinking of our social health at this time, of those people right now who, who yeah, maybe aren't, aren't getting out of the house a lot or don't have those connections, don't have someone calling them up saying, how's it going, right? We want to be building into people. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've found for me, when I'm not doing well physically, uh, mentally it takes a toll, and then spiritually it'll take a toll on me. In each areas um, of our lives, it's important that we're taking care of ourselves and, and doing what Christ is asking us to do. If we look at the story of um, Jesus when he is in uh, the desert being tempted, Satan picks a really interesting time to tempt him. He picks a time when he's hungry. I know I am most weak when I'm hungry. If someone asks me to do something and they'll say, Nikki, can you do this? I'll give you food. And if I'm hungry, I'll be like, yeah, I'll do whatever. <laughs> right? He picks a time when Jesus is very um, vulnerable. Um, and he thinks he can trip Jesus up, right? Satan thinks he can trip Jesus up because he is vulnerable. Um, it's interesting how that happens to us too. In those times where we're vulnerable, where we're hungry, and again, maybe it's that we're physically hungry, maybe it's that we're socially or mentally or, right, spiritual, like whatever, we can get attacked. Um, you see that Jesus is actually even so weak that in Luke following, it says that angels attend to Jesus. Um, because, right, like not eating 40 days would be insane and terrible, personally for me. Um, but this happens when we're drained. So we're going to talk a bit today about, about how to keep from being drained. Uh, Sheila's awesome, and, and she picked some great songs about how we want to pour out. And that is a great way. And so we want to be refilled so we can pour out. So we're going to talk about today. But uh, we're just going to pray together. So Lord, I pray that what I speak today is not from me. It's from you. Lord, refresh us, refill us to do your work. We trust you with today. We trust you um, yeah, that we can just be with one another, building one another up. And we pray, Lord, do your will. Amen. So I, uh, I have worked with youth here now for, um, I'm bad with years, we'll say eight-ish. I always add ish to whenever I say a time frame because I don't know, I just don't have sense of time well. I don't know what it is. Whatever. I never have. Um, but I take uh, any and every opportunity to brag on my youth uh, because they are awesome and I love working with them. So I'm going to brag a little bit on them today um, because so I went on this trip to Costa Rica two-ish years ago. You see, yeah, using that ish. Um, I think two-ish years ago. And when I went, um, the youth got together with actually some of the youth leaders and they painted my office, which was, well, first they cleaned it. Right, so I'm very messy. So first they cleaned it, amazing. Um, and then they actually painted it this really cool blue color because it was all wallpapered and actually the wallpaper was like just falling off. It was really gross. Uh, but they painted it 
and they painted this cool like whiteboard, little square rectangle, not square, rectangle. Um, and then they wrote some things and some encouraging things. And they wrote um, these five things um, on my whiteboard. And we're going to go through those today. But um, what they left on my whiteboard is it said, um, do these each day. So what you'd think they would put, because this is probably what I would have put as a youth, would have been like, buy Nikki candy. Give Nikki money. Right? It would have been a lot of like really selfish things, honestly, if I, when I was a youth. Uh, but they wrote five things, things to do each day. And um, I've somewhat altered the wording of these, but I've kept the heart behind it. Um, but during that time, I guess they saw that maybe, maybe I was tired, that, uh, that maybe they wanted to just, um, just help out. Sometimes it's nice when people see that you need help and you don't even notice it yourself. Um, that's what these youth noticed, is that I just needed this, like, refresh. So, so I call these the five ways to refresh, the five things to do each day. And again, these aren't even from me, like, these are from the youth. This is great. Um, so number one, take a breath. It's good, breathing's important. Um, it's easy for us to get overwhelmed by things in this world. Uh, when we turn on the news, you're bombarded with just stats. And if you want to be encouraged, don't go to the news. Like, just don't, like, right? And how often is it really probably good news? Um, it, it's not a great place to be encouraged. And so we are constantly being bombarded with, with hearing about people who are sick or hearing about world disasters or focusing on the negatives. If we only want to listen to sad things in the world, it's very easy, super easy. But God asks us for laser focus. So uh, this one's take a breath, and in brackets in my mind, I'd say focus on the truth. So take a breath, right, when things get out of control, and focus on what we know. To not look at earthly things, to not look at negative things, I think God's asking us to do, but to look higher into what God can call us to do in our lives. In Colossians, it says, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Hope changes everything. That's what we can set our mind on. That's what we can take a breath. And in these terrible, maybe, situations that we may feel we are in, or in these overwhelmed times, take a breath. And remember, hope's the difference between just existing through life and living with a purpose. We can see the light on the other side of the storm. If we don't take that breath when we're serving God, we get distracted. And we think about, but what if, what if, and we look around and God's saying, just focus, just take a breath, look at me. Um, I have taken up mountain biking, or as I like to call it in Manitoba, hill biking because we don't have real mountains. Although, like, I still, I can't make it up some of those hills, so I do a lot of walking while I'm biking, which is fun. Um, but uh, we, uh, there's this lady I go out with. She's, like, really good at biking. I've actually always been bad at biking. Uh, when I was a little kid one time, I ran into a moving truck, and it traumatized me. The moving truck was not moving. I was the one moving. It was parked. 
Uh, it traumatized me, so it's a big deal that I now bike, kind of. Um, but uh, she was teaching us, because when you're biking, you're going on these really narrow paths. Like, it feels like you're going to hit every tree, and I have gloves specifically for when I do hit the trees, because um, I'm clumsy, and it's just really hard for me to stay on the path. Um, and all she would hear is I would be in the back, she was in the front, and she would just hear me like, ow, ow, oh, like yelling, crying, yelping, like an injured dog, I don't know. She just heard a lot of pain. And, and so she started to give me um, these pointers. She said, Nikki, stop looking at where you are. Stop looking at where you're gonna hit. Look in between the trees. She said, we're, we're on this path, this path has been made. If, I, if my bike can make it through, your bike can make it through. So stop looking at what you could hit and focus on that open space. I was like, that's a great point. Um, and then I hit less things. I still hit some things because again, I'd get distracted and I'd be like, okay, focus on the open space, but look at that tree and then like boom, right? But that's what you gotta do in life sometimes. I take that breath and instead of looking at what we could hit, looking at what could go wrong, look at that open space, look at that opportunity that God's giving us, look at that hope that we have in him, that open path. Take a breath. Number two, relax. Do what you can when you can. As Christians, sometimes we think we are superheroes because we have the Holy Spirit, so we're superheroes. That is great that we have the Holy Spirit and he does give us powers, uh, but we still have human bodies. We think it's our job to just save everyone but we don't save anyone. It's not us who saves. God is wonderful enough that he uses us despite my errors and my mess-ups and my weakness. He is willing to use me. But we don't save anyone. God does. So there should be an urgency with us, within us, this urgency that, yes, we want to get people to know God. Not because we're worried about eternal damnation or something, though. I think we get so scared that we, we think we have to save everyone. Our urgency for bringing people to Jesus should be more that we don't want anyone to miss out on the life that we have with him. Because it changes your life. It should. There's a great peace and confidence when we do the mission God asks us to do. So in Proverbs, it says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will they themselves be refreshed. Awesome. We want to refresh others because we ourselves get filled up, but we are not superheroes. We do what we can. We do what God has called us to do in those moments. And we understand that sometimes we do our part and there are other people that can, God can also bring into people's lives. We are to be generous with what we do, but know that um, we just do what we can. Many times on our missions trips, uh, we get brought back to this. So we would take... Um, we did some missions trips with the youth to Mexico. We did some missions trips across Canada. 
And I would always remind the kids of this verse. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. When we do this for others, not to just make ourselves feel good. And I also told the kids, like, yeah, but if you don't sleep, like, God, like, if you stay up all night, which they would do talking, I'd be like, you're still going to be tired in the morning because God also gives us wisdom, right? Refreshing others can be simple, though. It can be a phone call. It can be a letter. It can be an encouraging word, a prayer. Refreshing others can be very simple. I think we, right, can think too big, but sometimes we need to just refresh others simply. When we build ourselves up, right, we have to find time to relax, too. So number two uh, was relax. Take a deep breath, relax. Number three, don't overdo it. Know your boundaries. Isn't this funny that this is what the youth told me to do? Like, they're just so smart. They must have a great leader. (laughs) Right? Burnout is real. I was reading a study. It said that for people my age, uh, in their job, in my age, you know you're getting older when you say that. Um, uh, For my age grouping, uh, people in their professions, about 84% of, and stats or whatever, but 84% of people my age um, will say that they have um, experienced some sort of burnout already in their professional career. Because in society, we reward busyness. We reward, oh, I didn't have time to eat lunch today, or I worked 13-hour day, or I did. Right? We reward this, like, overdoing it. Don't overdo yourself. God's not giving you a gold sticker because, you know, you work too hard because now you're exhausted because now you have to take a week off because you worked way too hard for two days. Pace yourselves. In, uh, in Matthew, it talks about Jesus feeding the 4,000. So he goes and, right, he's hanging out with all these people and, does this miracle with some fish and some bread, feeds the 4,000. And then afterward, he, uh, he says, okay, bye crowd. And he knows his limits. He knows that he's tired. And that when you're tired, sometimes it's hard to do like the best ministry at that point. It's hard to love people the best. Ask my youth on some of our trips, uh, some of our late night conversations when they have just like, pushed me and pushed me and I'm tired and hungry. It's not a good, not a good sign. <laughs> we don't do the best ministry then, and Jesus knows that. He's aware of right, his human body at that point, and we need to be aware of ours. Taking a breast, a, wow, a break or a rest is not weak. It's smart. I think we, we sometimes say, well, right, I, I took a break. Like, I feel so bad. Did I work hard enough? Yes. Jesus has, like, no, we never see Jesus say, oh, sorry, I'm so sorry that I have to leave you guys, but I got I to gotta go take a rest. Jesus, like, literally is like, bye, walks away. He's just like, you guys should know I'm tired. So don't overdo yourselves. 
know what you can do, and have no shame in saying no when you have to. I am preaching this completely to myself. I hope you guys are also enjoying it. But we, need, we want to have longevity in our faith. We want to have longevity in whatever ministry we do. Right, again, if we work really hard two days but have to take a week off after, how many opportunities do we miss with instead? What if we pace ourselves those two days and then can still love people well all those other days too? Do what we can, can to minister, but know our own boundaries. I know my boundaries. I don't like early mornings. So if I ever, I, I will break, like sometimes I'll do early mornings if I have to. You also might think an early morning is different than me. Um, but if I'm going to hang out with someone and have like good conversation, it's probably going to be an afternoon or an evening. I know my boundaries. And I know that, that after a Wednesday night, a long, deep Thursday conversation, I might be tired because a Wednesday night, like I've been at youth all day. I know my boundaries. I know my times. I have to pick them well. We can't overdo ourselves. We aren't going to be perfect, but we want to be healthy. So take a deep breath. Relax. Don't overdo yourself. Four, pray. This is a typical Sunday school answer, so that's good. The kids wrote, right? Good one on the board. If we want to get to know Jesus, we have to hang out with him. And that's what prayer is. It's hanging out with Jesus. I have a youth, actually, that starts every prayer with, hey, God. And one of the other youth kids was like, why do you say it? It's so weird. I was like, okay, that was a little rude to that tone, but okay. Um, and then that youth was like, because I'm just talking to him. She was like, how do you talk to your friends? She's like, do you say, dear Charlie? Like, no, you don't say that when you... She's like, no, I say, hey. She talks to him like he's her friend. And now a bunch of the other youth will actually start their prayers like that. It's really cool that they're just like, hey, God. I'm like, yeah, sweet. We want to hang out with God. We want to spend time with God. Um, when relationship becomes a chore, they're no longer relationships. We don't want our relationship with God to become a chore. We don't want prayer to become a chore that we just have to do because it's what we do. It's when we get to chat with them and talk with them and listen. It shows a lot of different scripture about Jesus praying alone. The night before he's going to go right and get arrested and have a bunch of tough things happen, Jesus knows he needs like a power up. So he says like, hey disciples, can you go hang out there? I'm going to go talk to my father. I need this power up time. I need to just spend time with him. He prays. He shows us that example. And that happens um, it, there's another time right after feeding 5,000 and after his friend Lazarus dies, he wants to talk to someone who knows him. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to the father. I'm going to go pray. He is probably exhausted emotionally and physically hearing of this bad news, and he just wanted to talk to someone who would know. Um, the other day I was having two weeks ago, 
See, time is very confusing. Is the other day two weeks ago? Maybe, I don't know. Two, I, we'll say it was two weeks ago, whatever. Um, that uh, I was having this really rough day and so I just had a friend right away that I, that I texted, that I went to. And I was just like, hey, how's it going? I think I was like, how's, how's the kids? I don't know what I started with. Something that it's like, okay, like she'll, she'll bite. Um, and so I was like, hey, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. And that one text turned into a three hour uh, FaceTime. So just like video combo. We just talked about life and she just we just talked about everything going on in our lives. Um, and I thought about that and I was like, how many times do I need to just have that one little text or that one little start of a prayer enter into a three hour maybe an hour, a 30 minute, whatever, a hangout with God. How can I create that space that I'm not worried? Oh, got to get my prayers done. That I'm just like, hey, God. And it turns into this longer thing where we're just hanging out. We're just chatting. I'm just pouring my heart out. I'm hearing what he wants to say to me. So pray. And last one. This is the one I thought was the funniest. Number five, take a nap. They did say, like, if you have time to, but I'm just saying. They said take a nap. What a teenager thing to say. Uh, I actually know people that have fallen asleep on that couch in my office when I've not been there. It's very weird. <laughs> but rest, right? Like, sleep if you need to. Sometimes I think we literally need to take naps to take a break, to do what fills us up. It doesn't need to always be something that fills someone else up, right? I love when I am exhausted and tired to like go exercise. Some people are like, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know what's wrong with me either, okay? But we all have different things. Some people maybe like playing music. Uh, that just, it, it would frustrate me because I can't play it. Some people like art, I don't know, people like different things. My one friend loves, like, if she's tired and had a hard day, she is playing video games. Sometimes I also am on that train. Um, but there's different things each of us love to do that, that we just need to do what we love at that moment. Mark 4 is probably one of the most famous naps, right? Uh, maybe you can think of this, but um, probably not actually the most famous, but Jesus is on this boat, and he is sleeping because he's probably tired. And, right, his disciples wake him up, and he's like, oh, don't worry about it. And, right, he calms the storm, and it's really cool. Uh, but Jesus took naps. There's actually T-shirts you can buy that says Jesus took naps. And then it'll say the reference of, like, when Jesus woke up. I think it's hilarious. I kind of want it. Um, if I had one, I would have worn it today. But um, we can't just do ministry on fumes. yes. We refresh others, and we will be refreshed. But we got to have something to start with. we got to have something to start that refreshing process with, to do ministry with, to love people with. Because, again, when we're tired, when we're hungry, when we're just having a rough day, sometimes we don't love people well. Um, but this is a huge part in, in doing ministry, well, is to take care of ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves. Jesus took moments to step away to recharge. 
And it's interesting in all these stories because, right, we pop around maybe the Gospels. Um, you're looking at what Jesus did, and it'll constantly you'll just see little times where Jesus just walks away, gets his recharge, and comes back. He never really stops doing ministry. He never says, okay, so I'm going to go on a six-month break, disciples. I'm just going to need you to handle everything. He just says, okay, at this time, I'm going to walk away, and then I'm going to come back. I think it's really important for us to know when we need those breaks. Again, Proverbs, the generous will prosper. We are called to be generous with our time, with our giving, whatever it is. It says those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. We will be refreshed, right? When we pray, right? When we hang out with Jesus, when we spend that time, you'll be refreshed to go pour out some more and then to be refreshed more. But we have to do this from a healthy place. My favorite night of the week is Wednesdays. Most people hate Wednesdays because it's right in the middle of the week and it's like a super weird day and what do you usually have to look forward to? But I have youth nights. If I could do Wednesdays every night of the week, I would. But the kids would get really bored of me. But honestly, like last night, I was up till 1 a.m. Because after a Wednesday night, I am excited. It is hard to do ministry with people and to not just be living off that excitement. When you see people be making decisions or you see uh, people having these deep conversations or asking questions about faith, we had a girl that said, you know, it's really weird. Nikki talked about fear last week and we talked about fear in school and Nikki talked about, um, what did I talk about last night? Whatever I talked about last night, grief, that's what I talked about. Nikki talked about grief last night and now we're talking about grief in school, like, this week. She's like, I think God's trying to tell me something. It was like a light bulb in her head. That is so cool. So, yeah, I can't sleep till, like, 1 a.m. Because we, we thrive off these things. We can see lives changed forever in really difficult situations. But we need to make sure, right, we stay healthy and, uh, and we can refresh others. So last little story. Um, Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights has previously been a night when um, I have Bible study. We had this young adults group that we were having. Um, and last year we could just tell it was kind of, it, it was just coming to an end. You know when you can just tell, like it's like, okay, it's coming to an end. That's okay. So we could tell it was coming to an end. Um, and so, and, and that means you can reimagine new things. So it's done, uh, cause usually we take a break in the summer anyway. And then my one friend says, Hey, I have this great idea. And when she has great ideas, it's usually scary. So I was like, okay, what's your great idea? And she's like, let's get a bunch of people to do CrossFit. So CrossFit is the worst exercise in the world times 10, just so you know. It's horrible, and it's painful, and I'm still sore from Tuesday. But anyway, uh, going back to the story. So she's like, let's do this CrossFit group so it's a way that, like, a bunch of people can work out together. I don't know. People love it. Whatever. So she's like, I have an idea. Let's just invite, like, eight other people because we can only have groups of – there was, like, rules of how many you could have. Anyways, we could have ten in a group, so we invited however many we could have to have ten. She's like, let's just invite a bunch of people. I was like, uh, well, I don't really want to go through this pain, but okay. So we start inviting people, 
And, uh, and now we have this consistent like group of, there's six of us, because no one else is that crazy, but there's a, this consistent group of six of us. And it's cool because now this Tuesday night, which was previously this Bible study, which I was like, that's how you do God's work, right? Now, I look forward to going to it, not for the workout. I want to very clearly say that. Um, but afterward, we spend half an hour. I think the other night we spent an hour and a half. We went to Dairy Queen because it's counteractive, totally. You work out and then you get ice cream, right? It's about being creative. So I'm going to leave you with this last question. What refreshes you? And how can you use that for God? Maybe it's music. Maybe it's chatting with people. Maybe it's needlepoint. I also have a needlepoint group. It's pretty amazing. Haven't done it in a while. Who knows what it is? But how do you be refreshed? And how can you use that to refresh others? To bring others to know Jesus. So we're going to end, I think, with a final song. Yeah? Yeah, I think Sheila's going to end us with a final song because we love uh, just singing together. And so as she's singing, if you want to reflect on the question, how can I refresh others? Or if you want to sing with us, that'd be great.